What's up, y'all? Welcome into a special edition of SSPN Reacts. Obviously, Ethan isn't with me, but I saw this article on Dom Barlow today, and I felt like it really just encapsulated uh, the conversation that Ethan and I have been having about him, you know, throughout the years. We've seen his development in the G League. We've seen, you know, some some bad <laughs> in the NBA, but we've also seen some good, like a block on Darius Garland in that Cavs game. Um, you know, got got humbled a little bit by Clint Capella in the Hawks game. Um, but the point is, throughout this year, we've seen Don Barlow's development, and and we've been talking about how we're, we're really excited for him, and it feels like he has a lot of potential, and I felt like this article really talked about how the Spurs see it that way, too, and you know, while it seemed like they saw it that way, because they signed him as a rookie to a two-way contract, um, you know, sometimes those don't always work out, or they don't always last, but it feels like this is a long-term project, and a long-term signing uh, for the Spurs. And so we'll get into it. Shout out to basketballnews.com. Uh, you know, I'd never heard of them, surprised with the name, uh, but this is a really good article uh, by Spencer Davies here. So shout out to him. And I just kind of wanted to, like I said, I wanted to highlight some things that Pop said in this article, um, some things about Overtime Elite, you know, to just kind of keep things in perspective when you're watching Dom um, and just kind of all of that tied together as well. So just looking at this article, taking some of the quotes from from Pop, and this is before the Cavs game where he had that block um, on Darius Garland. That's on the Spurs Twitter. It's in this article. Um, if you go watch the highlights for that game, you can check that out. Uh, but Pop said his first impression of Dominic Barlow w was this. I look at this guy, he's saying to the Spurs staffers, where'd you find this guy? Was he a bag boy at HEB or was he working at the gas station? <laughs> Pop recalled to Basketball News in a pregame press conference. He looks like he's never played basketball before. He's just this long stick sort of guy. He looks almost uncoordinated in a way. And I think that's a great way to describe it. He definitely does look a little uncoordinated or a little, I don't want to say unnatural, but it's not... Um, when you see him running or you see just the way he moves, um, obviously you see the athleticism, but it's definitely unconventional. It's not your typical, um, I guess, I don't want to, it's not body language necessarily, but it, it kind of is. It's not bad body language. It's just different from most people when he's on the court. So I thought that was a really good way uh, that he described it. And then he said, I said, who is this guy? Just watch him. The, the Spurs staff told him to say, they told him, just watch him. Just watch him. This guy's raw. It's a blank slate, but he's got really quick quick feet. He's long, he's eager, and he's really smart. Um, and of course, we know how the Spurs value high IQ players. That's a trait that they really like. Um, I've talked about you know, how he moves in his ball move or in his off ball movement, excuse me. And, and I think that's really highlighted by, by his quick feet. Um, obviously he's got length. We've talked about that. He's versatile as a defender as well. Um, still working on that. And he talks about that later in this article. Um, but the potential for him to be a switchable big in the front court, um, who can also switch on to even threes, um, and, and maybe even twos, just other perimeter players, uh, is, is something that's really intriguing. Um, so once again, signed to a two-way contract on July 11th, uh, Barlow's pro career is in its infancy. Um, they list him at six foot nine, 221 pounds. I don't, you know, I don't know what is true. This is a completely off topic thing, but like the Spurs, I don't know if I should listen to the Spurs, uh, like their actual like chart that I think I still have saved here. Well, I don't. Um, but I have it on my computer. I'm actually going to pull that up for you guys here in just a second because I want to show you guys what I'm talking about because I'm not sure if it's t if I should trust the NBA's website or if I should trust 
like the Spurs actual depth chart that they put out at the beginning of the year um, where they list everybody's height before training camp. And I got that up for you guys while I was talking about it. Um, here it is. And as you can see, Dominic Barlow, 6'10", 220. You know, the inches aren't usually like too different. It's only like an inch up or an inch lower. Like they list Jakob at 7'1". They have him at 7 uh, foot here. Um, a lot of places list Keldon Johnson at 6'5". So many broadcasts say that. He's at 6'6 here. Um, Jay Rich is like 6'6 on other ones. The Spurs listed him at 6'5". Uh, you know, before all of the primo stuff happened, you know, there was debate about whether he was six, eight or something like, and they haven't been six, five here. So anyways, the, the point is, is that a lot of these differentiate, but I just roll with this because it's directly from the Spurs. Um, but regardless of whether he's six, nine or six, 10, the point is he has potential to play on the perimeter. Um, but getting back to the article a little bit here. So this is another thing that I really like that they highlighted. This this just kind of talks about his development stat-wise in the G League. So San Antonio felt more comfortable with a gradual maturation process via the G League, where the undrafted two-way forward was is averaging 12.4 points, 6.4 boards, and 1.2 blocks in 26 minutes a night across 32 games with the Austin Spurs. But if you put that down to the last four contests, which is key too, and this is what me and when me and Reed Ethan, excuse me, when me and Ethan were reading off all the stats of Don Barlow, you know, where he was having like 20 point games, 10 point, 10 board games, like double, double machine. That was kind of this where in his last four contests before they called him up before the all-star break and, and gave him minutes in the league, he was averaging 25.8 points, 10 boards, 2.3 blocks, 1.3 steals, and on 60%, 57%, and 92% splits. That's pretty crazy, especially the 57% from three number. I know it's the G League, but if you watch his shot, it's almost like there's there's still some work there. But the fact that even over a four-game stretch, if you've watched him throughout the season, he was shooting, he's he's became, at least in that stretch, a 57% three-point shooter um, is pretty ridiculous. Y'all can see the efficiency there um, and, and the potential on defense as well as offensively. I really like how he attacks the boards. Um, we've seen that in some Spurs games as well, um, offensive rebounding as well as defensive rebounding. But the point is he gives effort on both sides, which you love to see. Um, and then they go to talk a little bit um, about just some other stuff that, that Pop has said about him since he's got those minutes on, on the actual Spurs. So between February 10th and 13th, Barlow played 17 minutes a night over three games on San Antonio's lengthy road trip, including significant stints in the fourth quarter. It was his first real exposure to the NBA level, and there are going to be more opportunities coming his way. And here's another thing Pop said about him. Everything he's doing now is just like a freebie, kind of like Charles Bassey earlier this season before they moved him up, and now he's going to have a rotation role. Uh, he's going to get these minutes, and he's going to play, and we're going to get to take a look at him. But he's been one of the team favorites because of his personality and his sort of wildness on the court. Because he doesn't really know much yet. He's just got these athletic skills and he's like a whirling dervish, so to speak. Only Pop would say something like this. But but the key thing I love about this quote is one, look, you got to know that they're just, they're using those minutes to take a look at him. You, I mean, obviously you can criticize things, but you also need to understand that it's like, hey, we want you, we know you're going to make mistakes. They, they just want him to go out there and play free 
so that they can kind of see what he has, like Charles Bassey at the beginning of the season, like I said earlier. But the other thing I liked about this quote is that he's been one of the team favorites because of his personality and his sort of wildness on the court. That's another thing that's key to the Spurs. So the fact that he's already becoming one of the team favorites, um, you know, and he's really been between Austin and San Antonio, uh, that's just another good trait. And, you know, another thing that would lead us to believe that he has the potential to have, you know, a long-term future in San Antonio. But now we're going to get into some of Dom's quotes in this article. Um, So he said, just stay patient and stay with what I'm doing uh, of what he's learned during his rookie season. Obviously, I think the organization is seeing something. Some of the stuff that I'm doing and allowing me to play some more minutes when some guys are hurt, which I just want to keep proving myself and proving I can play at this level. So you love to see that as well. He understands where he's at. But he also feels like the Spurs have seen something in him. And that's some really interesting perspective as well. And it would make sense. It would make sense, you know, why Pop was like, who is this guy? And then they're like, just watch him. Trust us. Um, You kind of are seeing a little bit of the dichotomy between Coach Pop and Brian Wright here. And obviously, they're, they're still working in conjunction. But you can see that he's seeing things in some of these other guys that, you know, maybe... Not to say that Pop would swapped away at, but it's like Pop doesn't have time to really like be looking at overtime elite. You know what I'm saying? So he's got to trust his his uh, his general manager staff. I guess that's what you'd call it. And his team building staff around him uh, to give him guys with a lot of potential. Um, And this is another thing that Barlow says kind of when it comes to just getting on the court and finding a spot on the Spurs roster, Barlow understands what it's going to take to keep him on the floor at this stage of his career. It's the simple things, playing hard, running the floor, getting boards, finishing at the rim, and most importantly, locking in on defense. And this is what Barlow says. Everybody wants to be a good offensive player, but I kind of think, or I think defensively is the way to get out on the court. So just trying to read that and understand that... Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Certainly got certain guys can score. As long as you keep you're keeping them in spots where they're uncomfortable. And they're ha- they have to make tough shots. You kind of sometimes have to limit to that. So just trying to learn. Don't get too frustrated if a guy scores. You know what you did with the scouting report says. Uh, you just kind of have to trust that sometimes. It's hard playing defense in the NBA. It's hard. There's so many different looks that you see. You, so you just kind of have to trust your coaches, trust yourself, and just give effort. Effort at the end of the day will trump some of the other stuff. So basically what he's saying here is he's like, I just need to follow the game plan. Because if I follow the game plan, I'm not going to get yelled at. Um, (laughs) That's what it sounds like to me. No, but for real, it's great that he knows, like, you know, having this perspective at 19, um, but also the fact that he knows, like, hey, I just need to follow the game plan, not try to do too much, and do the simple things like you mentioned earlier, like playing hard, running the floor, getting boards, finishing at the rim, and and playing good defense. Um, So... The defense needs some work for sure, and and we can scroll down here a little bit. They're not going to show this Dom block where there is some of the upside that he has, but they also show right here this Clint Capella thing. Obviously, I'm not going to turn it on because we're not trying to get copyrighted, but he says, when I came down the lane in Atlanta, Clint Capella, he blocked my shot. 
pretty crazy. It was just like, in the NBA, nah, I can't lay a ball up like that here. So that was definitely a moment where I was like, okay, yeah, this is something different. And, and that's kind of talking about his transition from OTE. But another keynote here from his OTE coach, who I believe played in the G League sometime, um, his, name is, his last name is Gomes right here, but I'm trying to find his actual name here in a second. Come on now. Here we go. A solid pro in his own right, Gomes, Ryan Gomes. There you go. Gomes spent eight years in the NBA with stints in the D, in the then D-League, Germany, and Spain. So has a bunch of professional experience as well as um, NBA experience, if, if that name rings a bell. Um, but he talked about how he's 6'10 and 19 and still growing. He's only getting stronger. He's got great feet, good instincts, and that are getting better. He could be a poster boy for development long term. And this is exactly what the Spurs want. And I've talked about this with Sohan. Obviously, it's much quicker. And I, I believe I've mentioned this with Dom before. And let me preface this, as y'all heard me say so many times before. I'm not saying he's Giannis Antetokounmpo. I'm just saying that he has a development track that can potentially follow um, that same path. I'm Like I said, I'm not saying his ceiling is that. But whatever his ceiling is, you know, it might take him three or four seasons to really get to what he's going to look like long-term as an NBA player. Um, because he's still 19. <laughs> like, three to four years from now, he's not even going to be in his prime yet. He's still going to be, like, three or four years away from his prime. Um, so, like I said, shout-out to Ryan Gomes. He could be a poster boy for long-term, or for development long-term, which is exactly what it seems like the Spurs are using. Um, just another thing, obviously he's going to talk good about him because, you know, he's the first guy at an overtime elite to come to the NBA, but still here's some things from Ryan Gomes and just some more perspective on Tom Barlow. Dominic has an it factor about him when his story is written a few years from now, it's going to be that much more amazing. A or this actually isn't Gomes, but a source who's worked with Barlow in the past told basketball news his basketball IQ and his obsession with basketball is at the highest level his ability to take in information and apply it very quickly his knowledge of the game the way he studies the NBA and the game and other players he takes it all in uh he takes in all the coaching advice he lives it and breathes it and applies it um so you love to see that uh and just going back to OTE as well um, this is something that, that Don Barlow talked about a little bit, which is also something you've got to keep in mind this season where there was a lot of adapting and adjusting this year as well as last year for Dom uh, in both of his basketball leagues. So what he says here is while in Atlanta with the program, Barlow admitted not everything in OTE's first year went perfect. What did though was force what it what it what that did though was force him to adjust, which is the biggest lesson he could have learned. You're one of like 30 people, so there's not too many people that have any experience or have that experience. So everybody came in there last year not knowing how it was going to go or what was going to happen. They told us the plan, but obviously some things had to be changed on the fly because it's first year of the basketball league. Um, you just learned how to be adaptable and whatever happens, you just kind of come in and really work on your game and just try to get better every day or keep getting better every day. So the point of me mentioning that is that there were probably some things that weren't at Dom's disposal that are now definitely at his disposal in the NBA. Um, and I'm sure those things tie into development. Obviously, I don't have any key examples because I'm not like, you know, some of the stuff probably isn't even public, but I'm not like that locked into last year of OT. I, I watched more this year because it's on Amazon Prime. Um, but anyways, the point is, is 
there were, you know, in the first year of a basketball league, there can be some bumps, you know, especially in a league like Overtime Elite where you're trying to create that first type of thing. Um, so I'm sure that there's some things that are very different in the NBA, probably a good thing for Dom. Um, and, and so, but I'm sure that was an adjustment period also. So that's something else that you've got to keep in mind whenever it comes to maybe having, you know, some struggles early in the season in the G league, but we've seen how that development, uh, has came along and just talking about some of the other stuff that, that our man, uh, Spencer Davies wrote about him here on the, uh, Darius Garland block. He said, Gomes, or uh, not Gomes, he said, we've seen a lot of tools being used in Barlow's games in Austin, and some of them are coming to the surface with San Antonio. He's a get-down-the-court, lengthy athletic player with long strides who can feast and transition when given the chance. He'll block shots with either hand and tip a lot of passes, too. And so this is, I know it says Austin Spurs right here, but you can see it's from the actual San Antonio Spurs account, and this is just the video of him uh, stuffing Darius Garland. So you love to see that. Um, and, and that's pretty much most of the article. Uh, he talks about Gorgie Jang right here and how he helps him out. So you love to see that from Gorgie, even though he's gone, I think now again, yes, maybe. No, no, no. They re-signed him, right? <laughs> I think I, I'm sorry. I'm all over the place, but, uh, the point is he talks about Gorgie helping him. Um, and, and then another cool thing that he kind of talks about to end the article is just being an NBA player is still sinking in for Barlow. Growing up in the mid-2010s, he was glued to the television watching the Spurs and Miami Heat duke it out in the 2014 finals, just like me and Ethan. Uh, it featured the superstar trio of Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, and Manu Ginobili completely dominating LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh with the help of a championship breakout performance from Kawhi Leonard. That's 2014. Key, key fact there, because that didn't happen in 2013. Pain. Um, Popovich was in charge of that team then, and he's in charge of the team now. Knowing that and how he'll be taking the same lessons that the Spurs legends taught, uh, that the Spurs legend taught Hall of Famers, Barlow is grateful. He won't be taking this for granted. And this is a super cool quote to end. It's definitely kind of an, a surreal experience knowing that the man who is coaching in those games is now my coach, Barlow said. The organization has faith in me, and I just want to keep making them feel like they made a smart investment in taking me in and just treating me with respect and demanding good things from me. I'm hoping to keep living up to those expectations and trying to go past that. So this is just a great article on Don Barlow and his potential future with the Spurs. Um, you never know what can happen with injuries and a bunch of other stuff here. Sorry, I just realized I left that article for you guys. I was going to look up Gorgie Jang here just to confirm. I'm pretty sure we re-signed him, but I wanted to confirm that before we ended. But still, going back to Dom, good stuff from him, you know, overall in that article and good stuff from him when it comes to his development throughout the season. Obviously, he's at a different level. And this is kind of what I talked about with Blake. Uh, when in the last live where we were comparing his development to Jeremy Sohan and Malachi Branham, I would say that this is kind of similar for, for Dom Barlow. Like it's a different, um, what's the word? It, it's a different, like he's at a different development pace than Malachi and Jeremy, but he's still like, he's also on the same development pace. It's just, he's starting in the G league and those guys are starting in the NBA. If that makes sense, where and, and Blake has just kind of been all over, where there's been a little bit more consistency for Dom, which is why I think you've got to see his development in the G League um, the way that it's gone. Um, like we said, obviously, still some struggles uh, on the defensive end. 
um, from time to time. And even on the offensive end, from what we've seen in his spare minutes in the NBA, but also some good things. And when we just read that article and you have all that perspective, um, I think you just get really excited about him. And it looks like Gorky Jang is back on the Spurs. (laughs) I should totally know this, but like for some reason, I'm just not getting what I, uh, the, the full confirmation here. He's showing up on the, the NBA's websites. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it another Google here just to, just to see if I can confirm it. But I don't think I will be able to, unfortunately. Oh, no, there we go. February 10th, 2023, Spurs re-signed Gorgie Jang. I thought, I thought I knew what I was talking about here, but I just wasn't sure. You know, I didn't want to get the wrong thing um, and, and, and like reference one of the 10-day contracts he signed because I remember it was like he was off the team for a little bit. Uh, but we opened some roster spots and, and got him back on. So love to see that and love that he can be a mentor for Dom Barlow. But anyways, y'all, I appreciate you guys hanging out with me today. I didn't expect this to go 20 minutes, but, um, you know, lots of good stuff in there about Dom. Uh, and thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed the content, don't forget to leave a like and subscribe below. Um, I'm going to try to do more stuff like this. Um, as we've mentioned before, me and Ethan will get in here and do some stuff like this, talking about some more draft prospects, maybe going over some articles, um, stuff like this, etc. just learning more about them. Um, but once again, follow us on Twitter. If you want to stay updated with the show at SSPN on YT at Jude McLaren and at Ethan underscore Quintero. I won't be able to make the post game tonight. Uh, unfortunately, I had some plans came up. So, but wanted to put this out for you guys so we have something. There should also be a Charles Bassey clip coming out soon. And I believe Ethan and I, or I know for a fact, Ethan and I will be back Monday to do a live recapping the Mavs game tonight, the Jazz game on Saturday, um, and then preview the Jazz game on Tuesday as well as any other news that pops up in between, whether it's Devin Vassell's return um, or other people's return, whatever it may be. We'll see what the injury report looks like tonight. But I appreciate y'all. Thanks for hanging out with me and talking some Don Barlow. We'll see y'all later.